Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, December 8th, 2023, I wish you a very, very, very happy Pretend to be a Time Traveler Day. Today's show is, as always, a part of the Big Banter Sports Network. And can you feel it? Can you can you smell it as you head off to work or to class or wherever you may be heading today or Saturday, if that's when you're listening? You, you, do you sense it? Well, it's a very, very uh, special shall we say, special feeling, sensation, we can call it, and that is that the Christmas trees are up, or they should be, the Christmas lights are out, the Christmas decorations have been placed all across the house, and in the little towns and big cities and shopping centers where we go, and guess what? Ohio State has one loss at the same time. It's the first time since before, well, you know, ever since COVID. Since COVID, it's the first time that Ohio State has started its season at 8-1. and one. The Buckeyes are hot, and they get a matchup with Penn State upcoming on Saturday. Now, I don't mention this lightly, okay? Because we've gone into seasons before where Ohio State has had medium expectations or otherwise, and... They haven't been able to get to this point. And I'm not really interested in talking about Ohio State's schedule or anything like that. If you can get to this point in the season with one loss, there is at least a chance. There's a chance that you could be a legitimate contender coming down the stretch in Big Ten play. So we're excited for that. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, I would ask that you do because... Of course, it is a season of giving and the season of receiving. I'd love to receive that from you. So subscribe wherever you are receiving your podcast. That's something that I give to you. It just, it feels, it's not transactional, but it makes both of us happy. It's a mutualistic relationship, I would say. So I'll thank you for that if you do subscribe and make sure you find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uploaded a reel uh, yesterday, I believe on Instagram that you can take a look at. So there is that as well. Today's show, we are going to preview the Buckeyes matchup with Penn State. It's the first game for Ohio State in Big Ten play where they are on the road traveling to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. We're going to go through Penn State, what they've done so far this season, the type of team that they are because they are much different from the team they were a season ago that made it to the NCAA tournament and made it to the Big Ten tournament championship game. So we'll talk about their offense. We'll talk about their defense. Some key matchups Ohio State may be able to take advantage of before moving on to predictions, some banger bets, and final thoughts on this game. So thanks for being here. Let's have some fun talking Ohio State basketball. We'll start with Penn State and their resume. Uh, So... Their resume is mm, not good. If so, there's there's two sides of the spectrum here, right? Like I tweeted out, this is true. Okay, in case you were curious, on the last show, if you listened to me review Ohio State's win over Miami of Ohio, I said Ohio State 
is the only team in the Big Ten with seven consecutive wins of 10-plus points, 10 points or more. The next morning, I got curious, and I was just, I was like, let's see if we can find this out. Is there, actually, it wasn't is there, it's it's more so how many other teams are there in the NCAA that have seven wins of 10 points or more consecutively. So I go through, there's a couple teams with seven game winning streaks, none of them have done it. There's a couple teams with eight game winning streaks, none of them have done it. Couple teams with nine game winning streaks, Houston, Baylor, they have not done it. The Ohio State University Buckeyes are the only team in Division I college basketball with seven consecutive wins of 10 points or more. Again, it is December. If you have that stat and you're the only team in college basketball with that stat, we should feel happy about it. On the flip side, there's Penn State. Penn State started the season 4-0. Since then, they have lost five games in a row. They're sitting at 4-5 and five right now. They just lost to Maryland in a close one in overtime, 81-75. to 75. But since then, they've lost to Texas A&M. Join the club. We can identify. Butler, fighting Thad Matas. VCU, Bucknell, Bucknell, and now Maryland. This Penn State team is not even a shell of its former self this Penn State team last year that team might as well be a fairy tale head head coach Micah Shrewsbury gone to Notre Dame former All-American Jalen Pickett graduated along with Seth Lundy who was the 37th best shooter from behind the arc in the entire NCAA last season he's gone Andrew Funk gone the NCAA's top number sorry number 21 three-point shooter last season percentage-wise they've lost all of their top seven scores, and oh, by the way, Evan Mahaffey, he is a Buckeye, no longer with Penn State. So this is a brand new team. Penn State was a spectacular offensive team last season. They ran a beautiful offense predicated on ball movement. That led to really, really good assist numbers, really, 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 really great three-point shooting numbers, but now... This Penn State offense is not that. So team stats overwise, they've got 107.6 offensive rating. That's 62nd percentile. That's fine. 75.7 points per game is it's good. 43.5% from the field. That's not great, but it's not awful. But this is a number that we look at. 29.7% from the three-point line this year. That is not good. You are making less than barely but less than three out of every 10 three-point attempts that you are hucking up if you are a a Penn State basketball not necessarily player but if you're watching the team as a whole so this offense not what it used to be this season the assist numbers nowhere close to where they last year They're averaging less than 11 assists per game. They've got an assist rate of 41.6%. That, if you're curious, is really, really bad. That's 12th percentile in the NCAA. And like we said, the three-point shooting as well is not good. So their identity last year, not even close to what it was or, or to what it is this year. 
Last season, by the way, 14 assists per game. They're averaging three assists more per game. They had a 52% assist rate. That's more than 10% better. And they made nearly 39% of their shots from behind the three-point line. All these numbers, good to great. Again, way different this season. So, what is this year's offense? That is the question that you're begging me to answer at this point, right? Because we've talked about what Penn State was. What is Penn State is? Let me answer that. Great phrasing, by the way, on your question. Um, So this offense is much faster than it was last year. And because of that, they're getting up a lot more shots. Last year, Penn State was more than willing to work their offense down to the buzzer of the shot clock. I think potentially that's just how their offense was run. But also, they were a really, really bad defensive team. And if you're a bad defensive team, the goal is, hey, let's slow it down offensively potentially and give the defense less shots. Let's make sure we get our good shots up, give the defense less shots so that we can give up less points. Well, this offense being faster, couple reasons behind that. Number one, they're scoring a lot more points off fast breaks and second chance points. So 11.4 points per game off fast breaks this season. That's 71st percentile. That's really good. Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary, we'll talk about both of them here in a second. But those are the leaders in scoring off of fast breaks. Second chance points. That's also a big spot for Penn State where they're scoring 11 points per game off second chance points. That is pretty good. That's pretty good in terms of college basketball numbers this year. Now, the second chance points, Kanye Clary, again, a leader there. But Kudis Wahab? Wahab, yeah. Kudis Wahab. I think that's how it's pronounced. Kudis Wahab. Potentially. We'll find out on Saturday. Couldn't find a pronunciation guide. So put that out, Penn State. Uh, Kudis Wahab uh, is also helping Penn State with their second chance points numbers, but they're also getting up a lot more shots in general. Their pace last season, extremely, extremely, extremely slow. Like I said, this season, they're averaging 69.4 possessions per 40 minutes, which is above average. Now, none of the numbers that I've just shared with you are elite, but they're still worth noting giving the noticeable change from last season. And they're still better than average. They're good. And if Penn State, if you watch them play, if you watch them against Maryland, for example, especially the end of that game, I'm sure many people did as Ohio State had just walloped Miami. And now we're looking up and we're seeing Penn State's locked in a battle with Maryland. If you got your chance to see any of that game or you saw any highlights, when Penn State gets the chance to get out and run, they're going to take it. So that should that should be foreshadowing when it comes to a key to the game for Ohio State. Uh, another thing with with Penn State's offense, it's just more ISO ball this year with with extremely timely cutting. So last year under Micah Shrewsbury, they were they were very heavy with screening and finding the open man, using skip passes and reversals to get people open at the three. And Jalen Pickett a lot of times would just post somebody up and he'd back them down to the paint and either he'd score or he'd kick it out. Not so this season with Mike Rhodes offense. So they've been content to just let guys try to go win one-on-one battles. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it explains the lack of assists. So even with the the lack of assists, you will still see well-timed cuts from non-ball dominant teammates who can still grab a bucket at the rim and This is a team that you wonder, how can their offensive numbers, their offensive scoring production be pretty good so far this year, 
and they're such a bad three-point shooting team, they don't get a lot of assists. Well, it's because they're a very good two-point shooting team, 53% on the year there, and they simply love to score in the paint. That is Penn State basketball so far this year. If you look at their shooting zones on college basketball analytics, you'll see the little bubbles. You'll see the little hot zones for Penn State, and within the paint and at the rim, that is where they are best. And I'll talk about a couple players now who can score in the paint. And Kanye Clary, kind of the the one guy with any kind of playing time last season for Penn State who stuck around this season. And he's been really good. Last year, he played 10 minutes per game. This year, he's up to nearly 30. He's at 29, point, or 29 minutes per game. 29 points per game would put him in the NBA right now. Uh, 16 points per game. And he's a pretty solid distributor as well. He's just 5'11". Penn State has a really, really small backcourt. He's just 5'11", and he's not much of a shooter, but he really just wants to dart around and score in the paint off the dribble. That is Kanye Clary. When he gets the ball, he might pump fake for three. It's kind of like Evan Mahaffey, but more, more concerning that he may actually pull from deep because he will, but he'll pump fake from three. And he'll take a couple dribbles, try to get into the paint, and, and make make a layup that he just slices to the hoop. And you're like, how did he do that? It honestly, it's it sounds bad, but Kanye's not going to hear this. Kanye Clary, not the other Kanye. Uh, probably, actually, neither of them are are going to hear this this podcast episode. I would assume, but you never know. You never know what the other Kanye is up to. Oh, even what is he even up to? I don't pay attention to that stuff, obviously. Um, anywho, why am I getting there? Oh, yes. Kanye Clary, uh, very short. When you watch him play, it, it would almost be as if like you're watching a college basketball game in which like a seventh grader just made a layup, and you're like, where did he come from? Did he just come out of the stands? Is this like some kind of charity basketball game or something, or is this the halftime entertainment? By the way, they do that at the shot. This is a fun fact for you. It has nothing to do with the Ohio State-Penn State preview, but they do that at the shot, right, where a couple times a year they'll – They'll bring out a couple of fifth-grade basketball teams to go play each other and throw the ball around. I was at a game last year where they did that. Fun fact for you, I had the chance to do that when I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade. And I scored. Not only did I make a layup, but it was the first layup and probably only layup of the entire game of halftime because it's fifth grade. No one's good at basketball. But that was a very fun experience. So thanks for that, whoever put that together. Back to Penn State, that's how it feels. It's like... You're watching halftime, a couple small teams go at it, and then you're like, oh, wait, no, this guy, he actually plays for Penn State. Is it that extreme? No, but he does look very small. He's listed at 5'11", emphasis on listed at. He's 5'11", but what he's going to do is he's going to try to just dart into the paint and make a layup. Now, outside of Kanye Clare, you've got Ace Baldwin. Ace Baldwin was kind of the guy who everyone talked about this year for Penn State. You said, hey, he's coming in from VCU. He's bringing his head coach with him or vice versa, however you would want to say that. And he's going to be the guy to to lead production for Penn State this season. He was a baller in the A-10, so now he's going to be really good in the Big Ten. You would expect with all of the shuffling at Penn State. So he's averaging 14.6 points per game. So that's been really good, but he's been extremely inefficient shooting the ball this year. He doesn't really shoot great from anywhere. Looking at his shooting charts, looking at his splits and his breakdowns, whether it be 
two point, three point, doesn't matter. He's not a good shooter from anywhere, but he's best at the mid-range. Technically, that's where he's best. It's still not like Roddy Gale numbers from the mid-range. So it's going to be those two guys in the backcourt. Kanye Clary, Ace Baldwin, those are going to be the two who can score, who can potentially give Ohio State some matchup problems. It's nothing It's nothing close to a matchup nightmare, but by the end of the game, these two are probably going to be leading Penn State in scoring. They've got a somewhat nice supporting cast. I already spoke, spoke about Kudus Wahab. Uh, he reminds me of Dallas Lauderdale. If I can give you a throwback, big body, great rebounder. He's probably stronger than Lauderdale was, at least has more muscle on that frame. But he 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 really only finishes at the rim in the paint, doesn't leave the paint. That's, that's Wahab for you. Good rebounder, though. Very, very good rebounder. We'll talk about him more in a second. And Zach Hicks, he's only going to shoot threes. He's the Justin Arn special. Uh, he shot well against Maryland, but has been average for the most part overall this season. So Penn State as an offense, they don't really have a guy that's going to really, really scare you. Even Minnesota, Dawson Garcia, you have to pay a lot of attention to him. And pretty much every team in the Big Ten, they've got one guy who's like, okay, this is a guy. You need, you know you need to worry about Zach Eady and Boo Booey and Terrence Shannon Jr. and Jameer Young. You know you have to worry about those guys. With Penn State, you don't have quite the same fear. However, they have been productive offensively this year, even at 4-5. and five. Now, the Penn State defense is interesting, to say the least. Their team stats are fine. 100.1 defensive rating, that's really good. 70.4 points per game allowed. 43.4 field goal percentage allowed. And 29.6 three-point percentage allowed. So, all those numbers are fine, but when you turn on the film and you watch Penn State, this backcourt defense, I, I'm i not a Penn State fan, if that's not clear in case I need to say that. I'm not a Penn State fan. What I am a fan of, though, is competent defense, especially in the backcourt, because when you have poor backcourt defense, you are prone to threes, you are prone to getting scored on on the drive, you are prone to forcing other players to have to step up and guard and rotate and and help, which means other guys need to help, and it just it can become a mess. So I personally, I controversial as it may be, I'm a fan of good defense. There's two players on Penn State that stick out like a sore thumb on defense, and guess who it is? It's Ace Baldwin and it's Kanye Clary. They're undersized. Like I said, one is six foot. The other is 5'11". Listed at that. Not sure that they actually reach that. These guys lead offensively. They hamstring Penn State defensively. Really slow rotations. They look completely lost at times on where they're supposed to be on the floor. The rest of the defense often, they're in position to, to, to make a play and just be solid defensively. And then you look up and you're like, Kanye Clary... What what planet are you living on right now? Just completely space cadetting his way defensively. And at times, he'll wholeheartedly just abstain from playing defense. As if it's the, the, sorry to go here, as if it's the 2020 election and we're just like, I don't really like either of these options. I don't really like mm, stepping up and closing out. I also don't like stepping back and, and helping out on defense. So I'm just I'm just gonna stand here and, and not really do anything. 
Um, that's that's what you see a lot from Kanye Clary, some from Ace Baldwin, but especially Clary. And it's it's very frustrating to watch. It's like, bro, this does not pick up basketball. Please go guard someone. And again, I'm not a Penn State fan, but that's what I see. In general, even outside of the backport, backcourt, strategically, this defense, it makes me scratch my head. I, I can't pinpoint what the rules of the defense are. And at least once a game, it feels like you'll see a defender just completely turn his back the complete opposite way. And he's facing the basket. That's not what you're supposed to do when you play defense. Your back is supposed to be to the basket. Fun fact. So I saw it against Maryland. I saw it against, I want to say Butler, a couple other games that I've watched now, Penn State, where a player is facing the basket and then all of a sudden they turn around and they're just getting scored on. It's like, or, or he's not facing, yeah, he's facing the basket. Sorry, that's, that is correct. And, and you're just like, why? Why why are you doing that? So it's a curious defense, although the numbers are not really all that bad. One place where they are allowing a lot of penetration and, and just good numbers right now is from the mid-range and at the rim. Those are the two spots where Penn State can be beat. They're allowing... of shots to go in at the rim and 37% of shots from the mid-range. Both of those are bad, especially at the mid-range. So that makes you ask and wonder, can Roddy Gale, can Bruce Thornton take advantage of that? We're looking at players who can score from the mid-range and at the rim. Those are the two guys who you think of. Thornton, Bruce Thornton, is very, very skilled at the rim, but he doesn't take a lot of shots there. Only 14% of his field goals have come at the rim this season, although he's 13 of 14 at the rim here in 2023. He takes a large chunk of his shots from the mid-range, but he's really, really hot and cold there so far this season. Where on the flip side, Roddy Gale, he's very balanced on where he shoots, and his hottest zone, which are really, really hot, are at the rim and in the mid-range. Where is Penn State weak? At the rim. And in the mid-range. Where is Roddy Gale really good? At the rim and in the mid-range. May that be foreshadowing as we move on in the show. I guess you'll have to find out. And Penn State, like Miami of Ohio, very, very poor defensive rebounding team. They're averaging 22.9 defensive rebounds per game. Please let that never be Ohio State. What we care about more, however, is the defensive rebounding percentage because you remove teams that play at very high or very low paces. You're just taking a look at of every rebounding opportunity defensively. How many do they pull down? And there, they're even worse. 66.2% defensive rebounding rate is just really, really bad. And like I said before, Penn State has one really good rebounder, and that's Kudus Wahab. He, he's unrelenting on the boards. He stands at 6'11". He's got good size, averaging over nine rebounds per game, and he's always clogging up the lane when a shot goes up. Outside of that, you've got... Puff Johnson, North Carolina transplant. He's been a good offensive rebounder. And Nick Kern, in general, has been a good overall rebounder. Outside of that, though, if those guys aren't on the floor, or only one of them are on the floor, they're going to struggle to get extra possessions. That is going to be absolutely certain. So, that's what happens. Number one, we have a really small team. You saw that against Miami. You've got a really small backcourt here for Penn State. So, Zed Key, Felix Akapara. Be advised, please. Evan Mahaffey, Jamison Battle, whoever, even Roddy Gale, whoever's going to be going out and grabbing rebounds, especially Zed Key and Felix Akpara, 
you're not the shot to do that here against Penn State. Now, let's talk predictions. Before we get into predictions, so of course it's time to talk about college basketball analytics. That's cbbanalytics.com. And if you have not gone to this site yet, if you have not signed up for an account, which I, again, I have been told even after our last show that we did where we said, hey, people are signing up. More people have signed up using the code SHOT. Make sure you're using the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, in order to get an entire month free on CBB Analytics. But just get there. Just go there and poke around. You will find the best stats anywhere, anywhere around, and they're all on CBB Analytics. It's what Ohio State uses to prepare for Penn State to self-scout and a game plan. It's what a bunch of NBA scouts also use and, and agents use to try to position their players as being better than where they're slotted to go in the draft. So for whatever your needs or interests are in college basketball stats, you're going to need CBB Analytics. That's cbbanalytics.com. Use the code SHOT to get your first month free. All right. Let's talk predictions for Ohio State and Penn State. And first, we're going to go with keys to the game. And I said it in the review episode against Miami. Look, at some point, there just becomes a time where you're just you're on fire. And whether that be banger bets or keys to the game, it's been several games in a row now where I've said, hey, if Ohio State makes X, Y, and Z an area of focus, and they do that well, they should win. And I've said it before in different predictions and final thoughts on the game. Some things that I predicted would happen have happened. So we'll see if we can keep that streak up today. Probably not now that I've said all that. But first key to the game for Ohio State, they're going to need to play smooth transition defense. As we talked about before with Penn State, they're scoring a lot of points in transition. And they've been a faster paced team this season. They will run when they get the chance. Whether it's Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary, or otherwise, this team likes to push the pace off of defensive rebounds, off of second chance points. They're going to try to get as many shots up as possible in that regard as well. If you can be smooth with your transition defense, you are going to severely limit Penn State's ability to score. Their half-court offense is fine. It's not great. So if you can shut them down, transition offense, when it comes to running out on the fast break, you're going to have a very good chance to, to really smothering Penn State offensively or defensively depending on how you look at that. Uh, number two for Ohio State, get a guard hot. I talked about all, already. doesn't really matter if it's Bruce Thornton or Roddy Gale. Both of these guys have matchups in which they can exploit their, their opposite defender, first of all, pretty easily. And second of all, we know that where Penn State gives up shots and where players can score against Penn State is where Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale really, really excel. So, I don't care who it is. Just get one of these guards hot and ride them. Get 15, get 20 points out of them, and go home with a victory. Number three for Ohio State, wall the paint. This is the only spot where Penn State can score consistently in the half court. Their entire offense is built around getting into the paint. So, wall the paint with Felix Akpara with Zed Key. That will be key for the Buckeyes. If you can keep swatting shots, deflecting shots, if Roddy Gale can can send a ball into the student section, wherever that may be located, at Penn State, or if they even have one. I'm sure they do, but you know how it goes with Penn State basketball. Um, if you can deflect, if you can just make those 
offensive players feel uncomfortable when they get to the rim and in the paint, you're going you're gonna to have a very good shot of winning this game. So that's key to the game. Number three, some banger bets we're going to take a look at here. So I have to I have to come clean, okay? I made a mistake in our last banger bet. And I said, look, we've got one play and we're going to put two units on it. If you're If you're not familiar with unit management, that is essentially... You should be placing the same amount of money on every bet you place so that you are more consistent, so that you're protecting against losses, and so that your winnings do not make you go crazy, right? And you're not trying to play catch up and all those types of things, right? Should be 1% of your bankroll. So if you've got $100 in your sportsbook account, every bet that you play should be $1 so that you're not running out. That's responsible money management. I'm all for sports betting. If it is for entertainment, not if it is for income. If it is for income, however, like if you're that good, then do it. But if you're doing it for income, you're going to get really upset. I have a feeling because we're all amateurs here. However, be wise with your money management. I said, hey, look, I really like this play. Let's go with a two-unit play at plus money. I still love the play, and it just didn't work out. Felix Akpara got as many rebounding chances as he needed for this line to hit, he had a couple rebounds stolen away from him, and we did not hit. We were up 3.3 units on the air. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal as we enter December. But after that two-unit loss, we're now down 1.3 units. We're, we're up. We're just down to 1.3 units of positive gain so far this season, and we're 9-6 and six on the year. Here are two plays that I'm going to be taking a look at depending on what the line comes out to. So number one. It's Roddy Gale. Roddy Gale has scored 11, 16, and 15 in his past three games. He is, we know, a key part of Ohio State's offense. And as we know, the matchup that he gets, the one-on-one matchup, whether it is against Clary or against Baldwin, he's going to have a clear size advantage. He's got two guys who may be guarding him who are not good defensively. They look lost at times. And Penn State shooting zones, point two, Roddy Gale being able to have a very, very big night. We'll probably take this here if the over, if the line is at 13.5 or lower. At 14.5, I will feel a little nervous. We'll see what happens with the line that comes out here. But that's the first one we're looking at. The second one is the Ohio State team total. Um, Ohio State hasn't been very good against the spread this year. They're now 4-4 four and four against the spread. I also don't like spread betting because I just don't think there's value there a lot of times. However, the team total is something that I have a good feeling about. For Ohio State this season. So they've scored 80 points or more in each of their past five games. They've done this while ranking 19th percentile in pace on the season. And in all the games in which they've scored 80 points or more in these past five, they've all been really slow, slow-ish at least, or extremely slow pace games other than the win against Alabama. So if you're taking on a team like Penn State that does play with a faster pace and you're consistently scoring 80 points or more in games in which the pace has been really, really low. If that number comes out to 81, 82, something like that, I might feel okay about taking it. So we'll see what it is. If it's in the 70s, we're smashing it. We're taking it for sure. So those are the two banger bets that we'll be taking a look at in this one. Final thoughts on this one. This is another chance for Ohio State to step up. I spoke about it as we entered into December, as they got out of the Emerald Coast Classic you are now looking at a bunch of chances for Ohio State to just stack wins on top of one another. Now, it's Ohio State's first road conference game of the year, and 
I guess you could say it's a look-ahead game. Maybe it could be, I guess, with UCLA coming up. But UCLA, the name, the fact that it's non-conference, I get all that. Could be a nice matchup that you look to. But it's a week away. Buckeyes don't play this game until next Saturday. So it's hard for me to see that this is a look-ahead game for Ohio State. It's the first Big Ten game of the year. It is the first, or sorry, not the first Big Ten game of the year. It's the first Big Ten away game of the year for Ohio State. They've won seven in a row, 10 points or more. This is another chance for Ohio State to stack on another win and another chance, especially for Ohio State, to win this game by 10 points. They absolutely, I won't say should, but very easily could win this game by 10 points or more. Could extend this, this stretch that they're on of winning now eight games by 10 points or more. So that's what we'll be looking to. Overall, though, again, you look at the schedule for Ohio State. They've got Penn State. Then they've got UCLA. Then they've got New Orleans. Then it's a small Christmas break before you go take on West Virginia. And then you're entering Big Ten play. There is not a team on the schedule in December in which Ohio State cannot win. And they may very well be favored in every game moving forward here in December. No reason you can't get to Big Ten play with just one loss on the season. That's what I'm hoping for when we get to January. And Ohio State has another chance to do that in this one. So we'll be excited to watch the game. As always, we'll have you covered on Twitter and on Instagram with updates, live tweeting the game if you're not able to see it and if you just want more commentary and thoughts on the game from someone who covers Ohio State basketball every single day of the week. Appreciate you listening today. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And... Would love a five-star review in this season of giving. So if you wouldn't mind taking 30 seconds, 60 seconds to do that as well and share a five-star review, would appreciate that a bunch. But for now, it's time for me to shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.